You're basically John the Baptist for the league. Well, it needs one. It needs a messiah to come after you. You end up beheaded, but, you know, yeah. for, for the good of the game. Well, you'd be willing to lay down your life, right? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're talking about the Euros last night and England absolutely thumped Sweden 4-0. They're through to the final at Wembley. It's a sellout at the weekend and it's coming home was playing on uh, Sky Sports News in one of the ad breaks this morning. So Emma Byrne, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. How are we? England are pretty good, really. All things considered, they are very, very good at the moment. They are. And it was actually uh, the first time I texted one of my uh, former Arsenal teammates and I went, OK, I'm saying it now. England are very good. That's it. And she was like, she replied, I'm shocked you're saying this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're very, very good. Very, very impressive from everybody, everybody on the bench, the management. It just looks like a very, very solid team at the moment. Serena Vigman, 19 games unbeaten, scored over 100 goals. So it, this isn't, this isn't, unexpected in some ways but I think the quality of the performances and the absolute dominance they're showing so far that is unexpected yeah I mean they've had a great you know build up to the tournament and bringing Serena Wiegmann in was just a fantastic idea from the FA but I think what for me what's more surprising is the fact that they can handle the pressure they can soak up the pressure from oppositions for me that are simply better than them and they soak up that pressure for them. They're able to manage the game very well, which is something we haven't seen from them. And then they know when to attack. And when they attack, they score their goals. So in general, all around, it's just a, a, a fantastic tournament for them. Plus everybody's fit, everybody's ready to play. It's just, it just seems like everything's right for them at the moment. Massive Serena Wiegmann fans in the house there with you, Emma, by the sounds of things. Uh, she was uh, saying afterwards that uh, this result will go all over Europe and the world. It was such a performance that tomorrow everyone will talk about us. She's kind of leaned into this, this idea that we are the favourites now. I presume they're going to be favourites for the final, depending on what happens tonight. But they're not playing this down because there's nothing else you can do as England manager when the hype starts to build, but just lean into it as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much uh, parrying off you can do. And, you know, managers do it all the time. They they always say they're not the favourite. They always want to go into the game as the underdogs. And Serena Wiegmann's team might have been able to do that a little bit, but not anymore. I mean, they've just shown that they're able to, to dominate games. You can just feel the atmosphere in the stadiums, the countries behind them. You know, they just they have to accept it and go with it now at this stage. And and maybe that can give them even more confidence going into the final if they can deal with it well. Can I ask you about the uh, the, the Russo goal last night? Um, it looks incredible, but I want to get your perspective on it from from the goalkeeper's standpoint, because it's a split second thing. I presume as a goalkeeper, you end up feeling a little bit foolish, but it is very, very hard to, to do anything about it when you don't expect the player to back heal it. Yeah, I mean, I actually felt really sorry for Lindell as a a goalkeeper myself because it's a really difficult um, shot to handle because what would have been going through Lindell's mind is where is she going to go next? She had her back to goal, so she's going to think she's going to lay it off or, you know, she has to be aware of the dangerous players around her. Um, you never expect someone to backheel it from there. It's the cheekiest thing I've seen in, in a in a semi-finals, and it was just a fantastic goal. 
there's not much Lindell could have done. She just looks a little bit silly, which is is why I feel a bit sorry for her because it went through her legs. But at the end of the day, it's it's similar to when someone takes a shot and you know a player lets it go through their legs and you look silly because you haven't gone for it. You're expecting it to come off someone else, mm. or you're expecting it to go somewhere else. And um, it was just you have to give credit to Russo and not look at the goalkeeper there. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like uh, I, when you're. Um training obviously the, 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 I presume it's like a balance between trying to make your body as big as possible and not getting nutmegged when you're going one-on-one again this is just a, a freak occurrence last night because of the back heel nature of it so I'm talking here more about one-on-one situations when uh, a striker is bearing down on goal yeah I mean the, a different situation you have to try and make yourself as big as possible and, and doing that um, realistically is legs out, arms out, but you can't do that because of the, the the nutmeg situation. So you always have your legs close together. And also it's the worst thing, especially in training. Everybody loves it and it drives me insane. But anyway, I, I turn into a bit of a, a crazy woman when someone does that to me. And it's what players always look to do because they like the flair and, the, and they like, you know, it's probably the easiest way to go through, not around, to go through a goalkeeper. Um, but in general, when you're you're defending in a one v one situation, you try to to keep your legs uh, closer together. As well as that, you can move quicker, you can adjust quicker when your legs are together. But um, in this situation, Linda was just getting set, and I think she was thinking about what the next phase of play. She definitely wasn't expecting that. Mm. Why were they able to dominate this game after Spain caused them so many difficulties? Um. I think it was just key moments in the game. And I think, I don't think they dominated the game at the start. I think Sweden dominated the game. And I think Sweden looked more likely to score. And at this stage of the tournament and at this stage in women's football in general, the standard has risen so much that if you don't take your chances or if you don't, you know, turn the screw at key moments, it allows the other team to to, to get back in the game. And it's what England are doing extremely well, which is the surprise, in fact, for me. They haven't done that before. They found it very difficult to get back on top of the game. But now what they're doing is they're soaking up that pressure. They're riding their look a little bit. You know, Sweden should have been 1-0 up in the first 10 minutes. Didn't happen. And they had two chances. They didn't score them. And then England were able to get back up on top. And then before the half, Beth Mead, you know, she did nothing all game. We weren't speaking about her all game. And then she just had that one key moment and put the ball away. That's what this tournament is about now, just taking those chances. And then when you take them, being able to stay strong at the back, which England have done extremely well as well. And then, of course, you just grind them down. And England have been just grinding teams down. We've seen it in the Spain game. Spain were a better team. They, they dominated in possession. They should have scored in key moments. They didn't. And again, England just were able to, to you know, nick those moments from them and then come out on top. Um, what would a victory in this competition do for football in England? Um, I don't know if you saw the scenes from Kerry. You know, it's such a long time since Kerry won. It's a whole eight years, Emma. But yeah. you can see the, like the generations passing on to the next generation and all the kids are there. They're getting their pictures taken. David Clifford is walking amongst them and he's a god. Like Beth Mead is going to be a god whenever they're celebrating the trophy if they win it. So what yeah. kind of a momentum shifter and game changer would it be for women's football? Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, they've already had success in that count, you know, already just the fact that they're filling the stadiums and they're playing nice football, everyone's enjoying it. So it's already been a, a success, but if they win it, it's just, you know, it just 
is going to completely rule sports for the next year. We're going to be talking about the women's team winning the Euros. We're going to be talking about, you know, the the success they've had. Little kids are going to be talking about in skill. It's just, it's, it's a huge thing for, for England and as far as I'm concerned, Ireland, because we've got such a close link with them as well. Um, a lot of our girls, you know, are watching BBC at home in Ireland. They're watching this and it's just fantastic to see. And for some, for a team that's quite close to ours to be able to win something like that gives us a bit of motivation as well. But um, yeah, in general, I think for the FA as well, it's just, it shows that what they've been doing over the last 15 years has been the right thing and the investments they've been putting in and the the different structures that they've been implementing it's just proved that it's working Speaking of Ireland does Sweden's performance give you any concern that Finland might not might actually do them in September and as a result Ireland could be in trouble because I think we forget that I think we've kind of assumed that Sweden are just going to beat them in September Um, Not really judging on I mean Finland you know they're a good team I've enjoyed watching them play as well you know they're, they're quite a strong team but I do think Sweden are, are a lot stronger. I think this will probably give them even more of a bite to go and, and you know, beat Finland. They didn't perform. I don't think they've had a great tournament. Um, they certainly won't be happy with their performance yesterday. And I'm hoping that that will give them a, a kick up the backside, so to speak, and then and then go and, and hammer Finland because we need them to do that. I'm not really worried about that. Sweden are a better team. They're a professional team. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, the players are playing in Champions League, which they need to prepare for as well. So they'll be flying fit going into the game against Finland. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Just one, one other thing then on uh, England. I mean, you would have been playing there, obviously, when they were in their last major final, which was 2009. They ended up getting hammered in that final by Germany. 6-2 was the full-time score that time. Was the hype around that England team, relatively speaking, was the hype at a, at a similar level and the expectation at a similar level in 09? Obviously, the, the home thing is a, is a big difference. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And there were so many weaknesses in that England team that you kind of knew that Germany were going to pick them apart. They were lucky to get to the final, probably didn't really deserve to be there. Um, But this year is completely different. They deserve to be there. They're playing excellent football. They have maybe one slight weakness in the left back position in Rachel Daly. But again, last night she proved that she is very capable of playing there. So for me, you know, very, very few weaknesses, including the goalkeeper with Mary Earps, who I probably wasn't the biggest fan of at the start of the tournament. But again, she's proved that she deserves to be there and she she can play at that level. She's a top goalkeeper. So going into this final is different. And I feel like the manager as well, she just, she's so confident. You, feel, you nearly feel safe with her. It shows on the pitch. The players are very confident. They trust in, in her process. Um, and they all know exactly what their job is. And with that kind of information coming as well, with extremely good technical and tactical organization, uh, they'll be very prepared against Germany. And, and that's, it just makes a huge difference to these players. So I, I sense that you've called tonight's semi-final. Yeah. Uh, have, you, <laughs> have you changed your tune? Because I think you were very pro-France early in the tournament. No, do you know what? I don't know. It's just this morning. I'm just thinking England, Germany, but I actually don't. I still am going with France. I'm still going with France, but they always let me down. They always let me down. And, you know, 
they've gone very far farther than they've gone before in, in this tournament. And I've just seen the level, just it seems like the players just, you know, they aren't like, uh, for example, Gayoro, fantastic in the first game, has just slightly slipped down throughout the games and I can see that happening. I'm just hoping they've woken up this morning um, because, you know, I want to be right. I want France to win, to be quite honest. Um, and I hope they, they perform like they can because we're always talking about France going out of the tournament, having, you know, a poor performance and not played um, as well as they can. At least if they're not going to go forward, I just hope Germany were just the better side and not the fact that France didn't perform. And who matches up better against England, do you think? Who would England want or...? Well, more, who do you think would actually have a better chance of beating England? Oh, I actually think Germany. <laughs> I know right. I'm, I'm like totally contradicting myself. Um, I mean, if you were to put money on it, um, I would put money on Germany quicker than I would France. Uh, be just because you don't know how France are going to wake up in the morning and you can't you can't really depend on them I wouldn't entrust my money in them put it that way <laughs> It's mad how that's like been a part of all French sporting culture like you think of the, the men's team like the 82 World Cup the 86 World Cup it wasn't until 98 when they eventually get over that the 94 World yeah. Cup qualifiers like and so maybe the women need to go through that journey and just have that kind of self-confidence that actually they can win this thing and who knows maybe this team is the one to do it yeah, I mean, they have the players, but it's like the men's team, they have the players. It's just, I don't know whether it's an attitude going into a game or, you know, it's they're too individual. And um, because they have the players also who can be stand up and be accounted for. Um, but they are quite individual players. And that's one thing I'd be worried about, the fact that they struggle to play as a team. And then all the, the crap that's going on off the pitch as well with them, rumours that... It's not a happy camp. They're all arguing and stuff like that. That's uh, certainly not going to help, is it? I wonder has the situation that Paris Saint-Germain somehow managed to find its way to the, the national team as well. Can I just ask you about one thing, right? If Serena Wiegmann is so good, is she so good because she's, she's really good or is she also so good in comparison with what Phil Neville was doing before that? Um, no, it just... Uh, I mean, you can't really talk about Phil Neville you can talk about just a manager coming in and being very very confident and just how they manage the players what's happened is she's gone in there and she has just convinced all the players that she knows exactly what she's doing and they trust her and it's working it's just a combination of everything players at the right time um, in the right form you know, it's just a bit of luck as well. Like she has the players, she knows the players she wants. She's been very, very brave in some of her decisions and keeping the team, which I think has helped her. Whereas Phil Neville didn't, he, he changed it a lot. And he might've succumbed to pressure a little bit with players. And Serena Wiegmann seems to know exactly what player she wants in there. And that's not going to change, which she has, a big, for me, the biggest decision to make now for her in the final is whether to play Alessia Russo um, or Ellen White. And, you know, even with that, Ellen White wasn't playing for City. She hasn't played for City, hasn't been a regular for City all season. Another manager wouldn't have started her. They, they would they would have started someone who's playing and in form. Uh, and Wiegmann didn't do that. And I think it worked out. For, I really like Ellen White. I think she's a great addition to the team. But... She has to make a decision now because Alessia Russo is banging on that door. And, you know, I, I tweeted last night about it's not about, oh, let's, you know, it's the best for the team. I don't mind being on the bench. That's not true. That, that's absolutely not true. They want to start. 
Um, I know Russo, I played with her at Birmingham, um, Birmingham, I played her at Brighton Hove and Albion. She's very, very ambitious. She wants to play. She wants to score. She's not going to want to sit on the bench. She wants to start. And I think she's probably proved that she should. It's a good situation to be in when the competition is so high that somebody scores like an all-time worldie and they're not quite sure of a place in the team. Um, to, the, one last question on Phil Nell then. It seems like it was such a weird decision in retrospect to give it to somebody who didn't actually know enough and wasn't properly qualified that they just, for whatever reason, it's like such a low wattage celebrity football person that they gave it to him um, when actually giving the, the job to the right person who comes in and has a, an overarching plan and has experience and understands the opposition really well has been hugely beneficial to them. Yeah, and, you know, I think it was at the, the point in time in women's football where there was a bit of a shift. It was on the way up. There was a, you know, building that community of fans. And I think it was just a case of having someone, you know, in coming from men's football and, you know, he's, big player played at United. I think that's what they felt they needed just to kind of boost it again, even more. And I don't think he was the right person for the job, but you know, he did a job. And for me, it kind of gained a little bit more interest because he was there. And um, unfortunately that's what had to happen. But now I think uh, women's football is a standalone. It can, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. It has to go to jobs have to be given. It's not, just fill in quotas. They have to be given to the best person for the job. And we and women's football can afford to do that now because we have gained that um, fan base and it's only going to grow from here. So it sounds like um, you're uh, expecting football to come home and trying to make some peace with that in advance. Is that the correct summation of um, how, how you're feeling? Trying to make peace with it, but... <laughs> Um, I, you know, it's going to be a great thing. The way I look at it, it's a great thing for Ireland as well. And I've always said it, you know, as much as, yes, I want the league in Ireland to improve. And, you know, it's 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 a shame that players have to move abroad. But I've said it since day one. The only way we're going to improve as, as a nation, as a country, is if we push players to play in better leagues, to play with better players so they can improve and then come back to the Irish team like we did when we were 18 years old, we didn't want to, to leave. Uh, we didn't want to leave our families, but we did it because we knew we were going to improve as players. And we did. So for me, it's going to have a knock on effect. It's going to improve uh, football in our country for the national team. And we're going to try and push players to, to play in, in the WSL. One last thing as well. The fact that this is a COVID delayed and the World Cup rolls out straight away next year, it's never actually been better. And in that way, I can totally see how England winning this is going to be a massive surge of interest in the WSL and in our players and hopefully we qualify for the World Cup next year. And in that instance, you can totally see how this is a rolling ball of momentum for Irish football. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it always has been. There always has been a, a little knock-on effect with us. But now it's it's just massive because... Um, we're we're exploiting women's football and everybody can watch it and you know everybody knows what's going on in Ireland with with the English league which might not be in the case when I was playing so obviously it's going to have a knock on effect and you know everybody's interested it's like when Wimbledon's on everyone's out playing tennis on the road well I was anyway 
And um, and now it, it, football is, is on the telly. Everybody can watch it. And even at home, everybody's talking about it. My dad's watching all the games. He's complaining about this player, that player. Um, so, you know, of course, it's going to have a knock-on effect. And the fact that it's uh, rolling on to the World Cup, the qualifiers in September, I think is a great thing. So nobody has a chance to relax and, and start watching something else. The pre-sale for the women's tickets for Ireland Finland went on sale yesterday and there's a big push to get Tala full for it and a home full stadium if we win that game it doesn't really matter what the, the Finns will do after that so um, hopefully that's the inspiration that everybody takes and they get out and they make a lot of noise in Tala on that night Great to have you with us Emma enjoy the rest of the tournament as much as you can Cheers Thanks Thanks guys OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.